Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show where you'll learn to transform your heartbreak into happiness. I'm Sarah Davison and I'm here as your trusted guide to help you every step along the way. Has your breakup blown up your life? Are you reeling from the shock? Are you struggling to come to terms with what's happening right now? Maybe you didn't see the breakup coming. Maybe your partner blindsided you, sprung this on you and you can't quite believe it's happening. Or maybe it's been coming for a while, if you're honest, but you've been hanging on in there, hoping things will change, hoping the relationship will improve, but now it's happened. It's over. It could be that this was something that's happened very recently to you, or it could be that this is something that's happened a while back, but you're still in that raw pain with the heartbreak and the overwhelm. Now, in this episode, I'm going to share with you my emergency toolkit for breakups. This is everything you need in those initial stages, how to navigate that initial shock, that trauma that you go through. So please be reassured that in this episode, I am going to give you the tools that you need. I know that this is a really tough time for you. I've been there myself. When my husband left me, it felt like I'd been hit by a freight train. It hit me out of the blue. It pulled the rug from under my feet and I was left reeling. So I've been where you are right now. I understand that pain. I know what it feels like. And so in this episode, I'm going to give you the information that I wish I'd had access to in those early days when I was really struggling to cope. Right now, it's all about surviving. It's about putting one foot in front of the other and moving through with baby steps because breakups do blow up your entire life. It's not just your relationship that's affected. It will be your work. It'll be your job. It'll be your parenting skills. It'll be relationships with your other family members and your friends. It will be your mental health that will be affected and sometimes even your physical health. So it is really important that we put a safety net in place for you so that you can keep operating, keep going and can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Because I'm telling you, there is a light. You can do this and I'm going to show you how. Okay, so what does it look like? Well, I know I get it. I've been there. It hurts like hell. But the good news is you can do this and I'm going to show you how. Divorce and breakup are known as the second most traumatic life experience we go through after death of a loved one. So please know that it is completely normal that you are finding this really tough and especially in these initial stages. You know, you will be experiencing an emotional roller coaster and sometimes you'll feel numb. Sometimes you'll feel completely numb and you'll be almost, that's the shock hitting you. So you'll feel numb. You won't feel the depth of the pain. You'll almost be wandering around in a bit of a zombie-like state, but then you'll be hit by a wave of upset, of overwhelm, of sadness. 
Now, obviously, it depends how your relationship ended as well. If your partner had an affair or cheated on you, and that's a topic we're going to discuss in another episode coming up soon. But if your partner cheated on you, obviously, there's a whole lot of other emotions you'll be experiencing, not just the pain and the upset and the hurt, but also the betrayal, the comparison with the new partner, the feeling of being stabbed in the back by someone maybe you trusted and loved and cared about. So there's another level there. So I understand that there's so many different emotions wrapped up in this initial stage and that shock will linger. And that's part of the first stage. But please know this is a natural healing process. We all have to go through that grieving the end of the relationship. And there is no magic wand, unfortunately. I wish there was that I could give you to take away all that pain. But it is an important part of the process that you go through. Now, in my podcast, Heartbreak to Happiness, I'm going to be sharing with you in different episodes the process you go through, the different stages of your breakup. I'm going to be sharing with you how you can turn your life around because there are things you can do to speed through your breakup and take back your control, get back in the driving seat and start feeling good again. But we have to start somewhere. And in those initial stages where that shock is really intense, then in this episode, I'm going to specialize in giving you those emergency tools that you need to help you keep taking those steps forward. So you might be experiencing symptoms like crying a lot, sobbing even. I know that I was sobbing uncontrollably, wailing at times on the floor in my bedroom. When I was working, my PA would be in the house with me too sometimes and she would hear me collapsed and crying and she wouldn't know what to do. Doctors couldn't help. You know, my parents couldn't help. She couldn't help. My friends couldn't help. It was part of me letting go of those really intense negative emotions. It is like an emotional roller coaster and you do have to hang on in those initial stages. It's going to be hard to sleep for some of you. Some of you are going to find that hard because at night, our friends and our family are asleep. So it's almost like our support team aren't there to help us. So it can make you feel more isolated as you're lying in bed, looking at that empty space where your partner used to be. So know these things because it is important to appreciate what you're going through, that it's normal and you will get through it. Now, we all have different ways of coping with breakups. For some of us, we will eat more. We will be wanting to snack more. For others, like a client of mine recently, she survived the first two weeks of her breakup just by drinking hot chocolate from a local cafe because she couldn't eat. The thought of eating any food made her feel physically sick. So she just went for her favorite drink, which was hot chocolate, and she got two or three of those a day, and that kept her going. Look, I'm not suggesting that's a positive way to cope with it, but it's interesting to look at your different coping strategies, okay? We all have strategies that we run for surviving. And let's face it, you've been through some tough times before and you've survived, so the good news is you know that you can do it again. Now, I know this feels really, really difficult, and I know that sometimes it's impossible to see a future moving forward. But at this stage, in this initial stage, please rest assured that it's normal. So what we've got to focus on is giving you the tools to keep moving forward. Now, obviously, this will have an effect. If you have a job that you have to show up to, then that can be extremely draining for you because your brain is occupied by your emotions and the heartbreak and everything that you're going through dealing with your breakup, which means it takes up most of your brain power. 
which is why divorces have such a massive effect on our economies in the countries we live in. I know in the UK, divorce costs the UK economy 40 billion pounds a year in lost revenue because of poor decisions, sickness, time off for court, bad management, stress, all those things that a divorce will bring up. It has a ripple effect across our entire life. So even doing your usual daily routine can be affected. You know, I know what it's like to be in bed, not wanting to get out. I had a client the other day who had spent a week in her bed, in her pajamas. And she said to me, I just don't want to get out of bed, Sarah. In fact, when I think about it, it gets me really upset. So I just pull the duvet over my head, she said, and I just stay there and eat crisps. So I was like, okay, well, I can relate to that. Having been there during my own divorce, I had a son who was only one at the time. So I had to get out of bed at some points. And that was the motivation. And quite often we'll do more for our kids during a breakup than we will for ourselves. So actually, if you do have kids around, whilst that is tough because your parenting will be affected, obviously, guys, your parenting skills are going to be affected. You're going to be more snappy. You're going to be less patient. You're going to get upset at times. You might find that you have these waves where you burst into tears and you can't control that. But look, we're all human. We go through this process. And I'm going to talk to you about how you can turn your divorce into a valuable life lesson for your children in an upcoming episode. In this episode, I really want to focus on the things that you're going to be experiencing so that you know that it's normal. It's okay. Okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You've not gone crazy. This is how we all react to breakups. Now, in the celebrity culture that we live in today, we can look at them and think, well, actually, you know, they, it looks okay, divorce. You know, I mean, they get divorced one day and then a couple of weeks later, you see them with a new partner, equally as beautiful, having a great time living life and loving it. But what we don't see, which I have access to behind the scenes, is the tears, the pain, the heartbreak that they go through. It's not reflected in the magazine. So just be careful what you buy into here because the sense of it's okay to get divorced, it's okay to go through a breakup. You know what? It is a very traumatic experience and the grass isn't always greener. But as you're going through this process right now, there are things you can do to make it better. Okay. Everybody grieves the end of a relationship. It's the natural healing process. Okay. You have to go through this stage to come out the other side. In some cases, you know, you have to feel the lows to experience the highs. So please don't beat yourself up. What you're going through is normal. Okay. If it's impacting your ability to do things, your daily routine, your exercise, maybe your gym class, your yoga class, that's okay. Give yourself a break right now. Okay. You deserve a break. You deserve to take some time to yourself just to process what's going on. Now, I know some of you are going to have to show up to work. You're going to have to keep parenting. There's things that you're going to have to do that you really don't want to do and you're going to struggle. So I'm going to give you some tools that will enable you to dig deep so that you can keep going. Okay. So that you can keep going and putting one foot in front of the other. So I want you to become aware of your coping strategies. We all have strategies for coping with things. Okay. Now, some of these will be more healthy, more successful than others. And uh, some examples of those might be when you're going through a lot of stress like this, 
some people, I've got a client at the moment, a male client. Now he is so caught up with the divorce and so devastated that he doesn't want to be on his own to think at all. So he's got into a routine of getting up at 5 a.m. every day and going to the gym. He works out in the gym for an hour and a half in the morning, has a shower, then gets to work. Then he immerses himself head down into work so he doesn't have a second to think, guess what, about his divorce and what that means and the impact on him. So he's ignoring emails, he's shutting it all out, he's just getting on with his work. So he's ignoring the emails about the divorce and the process from his from his wife and what she wants and the lawyers are involved. He's pushing it all out and just focusing on his work. And then after work, he's got a, a fear of going back to his home, which of course is totally normal. The thought of going back into the home, it's all dark, there's no one there. His wife used to be there, opening the door, making him a cup of tea, just having someone around. That doesn't happen anymore. And he hates going back to the home. So are you experiencing this? Are you going through things now, living your life, but without that person there, you're going to notice that it's going to hit you like a sledgehammer from time to time. But expect it and almost know that you have to go through it. So don't run away from it. Know that this is something you're going to have to get stronger with. And how do you get stronger? How do you, how does anyone build resilience? Well, that's by overcoming pain time and time again. You're going to say, sorry, it doesn't sound like any fun. I know, but this is this is how it works. We have to go through that pain to develop the skills to cope, to be stronger and come out the other side. Okay, right now you've got a choice. You can either go down with this and find a way just to get stuck in it, or we find ways to keep going, power through, know that you can get through this. And I'm going to show you how know that you can do this and that life will start to get better. But you've got to take a deep breath, dig deep and power through. Okay, so stick with me and I'm going to show you how you can do this. So going to the gym, he goes to the gym again after work. And then because he doesn't want to go home, he then goes to the pub. He'll either go on his own if he has to, because he doesn't want to go back into the house on his own. So this man has developed a routine to distract himself. Now, it sounds relatively healthy, right? Because he's exercising, he's working. It sounds like it's a positive thing. There are other ways that you can stuff down your emotions so that you don't feel them. And I want you to become aware of your strategy right now. Are you drinking more? Now, most of you will probably say yes. Um, and that's normal. But just be aware of how much more. If you're used to having a glass of wine every night, then, you know, a glass and a half isn't a big change. But if you're now really using alcohol as a crutch to get you through, then that's something to be aware of right now, because it's the initial stage and we're in emergency coping mode. It's okay. We'll get through this. It's a short period of time. But what I want you to, to become aware of is what you're doing your strategies for coping. Because as your coach, if I can help you shine a light on your unconscious behavior, your unconscious strategies for coping with your breakup, and then once you become aware of them, move them to your conscious mind so you know what you're doing, you're aware of the patterns, then in a few weeks when you're a bit stronger and we're working through these different episodes, building your muscle to cope with this, then we can start to change things. We can start to harness that awareness of your patterns and replace them with other things that can really help you. That's what making. That's what's going to make the difference, guys. So what I'm saying now is just 
go with it and just be more aware of what you're doing. Okay. Super important. So some of you maybe you turn to medication, some of you may be drugs, some of you might be partying more, having a lot more sex with other people. Um, some of you might be over-exercising or working hard like my client I was telling you about. So just be aware of your coping strategies. Maybe you're talking a lot to people. Maybe you're bottling it all up inside and you haven't told anyone. I had a client once who had never told anyone. She'd been separated from her partner for over a year. They had two kids together who were under 10 and nobody knew, not even her best friend, that her husband wasn't living in the family home anymore because she was so ashamed. She hadn't processed it and she just couldn't open up. So she'd stuffed it all down and just carried on the best she could. And she hadn't discussed it with anyone. Now, if we stuff our emotions for too long, obviously we're dragging our baggage along with us into new relationships and forward into our lives, which may prevent us from having new relationships or even feeling truly happy again. So it's something we need to address. But this first first, first step in these initial stages is just to increase your awareness, okay? I also want you to have a think about the little voice in your head. (laughs) We all have one, right? The voice that says, well, what's wrong with me? Why why aren't I good enough? Why, Why did they choose them over me? What could I have done differently? What if I'd said something? What if I'd said this or done this differently? Now, I call these questions hamster wheel questions because they take you round and round and round in circles, but never really take you forward. So once again, just become aware of the questions you're asking yourself, because if you're asking yourself disempowering questions, guess what? You're going to get disempowering answers. So one of the things we're going to look at in future episode is going to be about the quality of the questions you ask and how it impacts the quality of your life. Because there's a direct correlation there. If you're asking yourself disempowering questions, your brain will come up with disempowering answers, which will keep you stuck. But right now, what I want you to do is just repeat to yourself, I can do this. Things are getting better and I'm getting stronger every day. I can hear you. Sarah, I don't believe it. Sarah, I can't say that. I don't mean it. I know, but this is all about taking control to the remote control to your brain, okay? Interestingly, we control what, how we think, our emotions, and how we react to things. The thing is, we do have the remote control to our brain, but we're not born with a manual on how to use it, so quite often we don't know how to use it. So sometimes we set it up wrong. Sometimes we set it up so that it performs badly for us and doesn't help us move forward. So my suggestion to you here is to start to notice your negative patterns, the negative things that you say over and over to yourself. And by the way, they're totally normal. So you're okay for doing it. But what I want to do is show you how to move through this tough time as fast as possible. And that means becoming aware of what you're doing that might be hurting you and keeping you stuck. So being aware of what you're saying to yourself and what that little voice in your head is saying And then where you can, repeating out, I can do this. This is getting better. I'm getting stronger every day. Because what that's doing is it's programming your brain. Even though you don't believe it right now, it's giving a more positive, empowering instruction to your brain. So maybe you could write that on a post-it note and stick it up somewhere like, for example, your bathroom mirror where you brush your teeth every morning. 
so that you just see it and it's in your awareness. So it's something that's helping you every day. The most important thing is don't beat yourself up. Be kind to yourself right now. You need that. You really need to be kind to yourself, okay? What if you're yo-yoing and having those thoughts that you'll take them back? You want to get back with them. You think that if you did something or you tried something different, then it might work. Or maybe they've betrayed you. Maybe they've had an affair, but you're thinking you want to forgive it because actually you just don't want to be without them. You can accept whatever they've done. You can lower your standards, lower your boundaries of what is acceptable behavior to have them back in your life. Because right now, that would be the band-aid that would take away all this pain, right? Now, there's a part of you that your little voice in your head is saying, but you shouldn't really do that. You don't really want them back because this is just going to happen again. Or well, they don't want you back. So if you say that, they're going to reject you. So again, guys, this is very normal. You're going to have this yo-yo scenario, almost like a seesaw scenario, where you want them back, you don't want them back. You're still in love with them, but you hate them. Yeah, you're angry with them, but actually if they came back, you forgive them straight away. You go on this roller coaster. So just know that that's okay. It's, it's where you're at right now in those initial stages. Now we're going to look at boundaries. Boundaries are what is acceptable behavior for you. What will you tolerate as okay behavior in your relationship. Now, if you visualize for me for a moment and imagine a brick wall that's built in a circle all around you, surrounds you, like fresh bricks up in a, in, a, in a brick wall up to about your waist height, okay? Now, imagine that that is your boundary, your level of what is acceptable behavior. Okay, so maybe you want someone to treat you in a certain way, speak to you in a certain way, um, you've got certain values and morals, and that's all encompassed in your boundaries. And then someone treats you badly. Someone maybe calls you a name. Someone maybe isn't kind. Maybe they put you down. Maybe they're not reliable. And a brick comes out. Just one brick at first, and then maybe another brick. Now, if you don't stand up and say, hang on, that is not acceptable behavior, it's very hard to go back and put those bricks back in that wall. So what happens? Well, as the bricks come out, you can see what happens to your wall, right? It gets lower and lower and patchier in different places before it is completely gone in some cases. Not in all, but in some cases. So I want you to really start to think now about what is acceptable behavior in your relationship? What do you want from a partner? And that is important because we want to start looking at this relationship without the rose-tinted glasses, okay? We want to define how you want to be treated, how you want a partner to show up for you, and just make sure that we're being realistic about what we are, what we are walking away from, what we've lost with our relationship. A lot of us will romanticize, are you doing this? Romanticize about the relationship. We'll sort of strap on these rose-tinted glasses Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Strap on these rose-tinted glasses and look at the relationship like, oh, it was perfect. I loved it. It was great. Everything was wonderful. The number of clients I've had in my clinic saying, Sarah, I've just lost the best thing that ever happened to me. It was just the most amazing relationship. I'm devastated. I'm heartbroken. 
But when we delve into it, I had a client who was exactly like this. She was sobbing and sobbing and really hurt and devastated, understandably, by the fact that her partner had left her for somebody else. Now, she had been going through a really difficult situation with him for a long time. She hadn't trusted him. There had been a niggling feeling that he had been cheating on her. But every time she brought it up, he shut her down. Now he'd actually confessed to the affair and he's left to start this new, this new phase of his life with this girlfriend, this new girlfriend. So obviously she was understandably very, very upset. So as we started talking, I asked her what the relationship had been like. And she told me that he wasn't very kind to her, that he was unreliable, that he always hid his phone from her, that actually when she needed him most, he never showed up and he quite often would be out. So she spent a lot of time on her own. And even when he was home, he'd be so distracted, she felt very lonely. Now, interestingly, one of the things she was worried about with the split was feeling lonely. But actually what had happened was all her friends had showed up, her family, her friends, and given her so much love and connection during those initial weeks. When we talked about it, she realized that she'd never felt so loved in the last three years that she'd been with her partner. So actually, when we look at it for the reality of what it is, what's she missing? What are you missing? You know, it is important. And one of the exercises I would love you to try is to write a list of everything in your relationship that didn't work for you, that made you feel sad, upset, annoyed you, things that really frustrated you, that you didn't like, maybe you hated about your partner. And I want you to write a list of those because quite often we'll go to the dreamy list of, well, they used to do this and that was lovely and we went here and we did this and that's great. And you can keep those magic moments tucked away in a little box in your mind, the lid shut that you could open and access. You know, we're not trashing the memories of the past. We can keep those, but I want you to be realistic in these initial days of the breakup and really focus on the reality and not get caught up in the dreamy, fluffy, rose-tinted glasses impression of your relationship because there will be things that you were unhappy with and I want you to focus on those, okay? So when you start to feel that heartbreak, get that list out, read it and readjust, get that balance back of what actually are you missing? You're missing the person that didn't turn up for you when you needed them to, that was out a lot, that you didn't really quite trust, or maybe you had a great relationship and now they've gone, but there were things, you know, there must have been signs that things weren't working. So what were they? Now, looking back with hindsight, easy to do, okay? And some of you will find this exercise harder than others. But for those of you that can write big lists of things that you weren't happy with, that is a really good way of banishing heartbreak by shifting your focus to the reality and not permitting yourself to dream about things that maybe you wished they were there, but they weren't. A lot of us fall in love with the idea of the person, but by the time it comes to the breakup, that isn't the reality anymore. There's a vast difference between what we fell in love with and the person that we were still with at the end of that relationship. So that's a really good exercise as you build on your strength and focus on these things that were negative about the relationship, you will get more clarity about this yo-yo situation of wanting to take them back when maybe, you know, in your heart of hearts, it's just going to end up the same way. 
or hopefully that you deserve better than that. And we're going to come on to that in a, in a future episode where we talk about how you can design your ideal partner. Now, some of you will say, I don't want to date again ever. I'll never trust anyone ever again. And that's normal. Okay, I get that. But actually, this is something that we will come on to. And over this journey that we're on together now in the different episodes, I'm going to be building your confidence and your self-esteem so that you can get back in that driving seat again of your life. Okay. You're supposed to be the leading lady, leading man in your life, right? So it's time to stop taking your back seat and step up. Okay. So one of the things I really recommend you do is set up your breakup support team. Now, what is this? Well, this consists of people that you can go to for help and advice. So we're going to look at how this is effective because when you're going through the initial overwhelm, there are a lot of things going through your mind that are going to worry you. So it might be something about being alone. It might be about your finances. It might be about the impact on your lifestyle. It might be about the parenting. It could be about lots of different things and that's okay because it's normal. But how do you dial down the intensity of all those fears and worries? Well, creating a breakup support team will really help you reduce anxiety and worry. Now, this is how it works. Whatever you're worried about, our human nature will be to run away from it, right? So if we're worried, say, I've got a client at the moment who's very worried about finances because she knows this divorce is going to really impact the quality of her life. So she won't have as much money. She won't be able to do some of the things that she's done for a long time and she's taken for granted. So obviously that's a real fit. So she's run away from looking at the details of that. Now, one of the beauties of facing up and diving into the things that we are worried about is that you get more clarity. And remember, clarity gives you power. So once you've got more clarity, you can make better informed decisions about how you move forward. There may be a gap. You may find that, gosh, this isn't quite as good as I hoped it would be. But then at least you can put a plan together to fill that gap so that you're no longer worried about it and can move forward. So facing the fears that are really worrying you is really key at this point. So I want you to create your breakup support team, including let's go for the financial advisor, somebody that can help you with the finances. Now, this doesn't have to be a professional. It could just be a friend or a family member who's great with numbers and can sit down and go through your your budget and what this impact will be on your life. Okay. So just have them having them on speed dial, identifying them at this early stage is really important because you know you'll be able to get the answers when you're ready to get them. Secondly, if you find that you're going to need legal advice, then find somebody to have on your speed dial list in your breakup support team who can give you the answers to those questions that may be tormenting you right now. So that is another person I would definitely include in your breakup support team. Also, what about the times where you just feel terrible? Okay, there's going to be a few of those. So who do you turn to? Now, in your breakup support team, I suggest you choose a family member or a friend. But, 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 there is a but with this, guys. I had a client who I was seeing for the first time. She drove to my clinic and got out of her car and she popped up the boot or trunk. And in it was bin bags full of her ex's clothes chopped up into tiny pieces. Now she said to me, look, this is what he did. My best friend came over 
last night. And so he, my ex has driven me to this because my best friend said, why don't we just cut up all his clothes, put them into bin bags and drop them around at his house, she said. And it felt like the right thing to do. So I've done it and it felt great. Now I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. It's the first time I'd seen her. And so she came in and we talked about it. Now this best friend is very well-meaning. She really is emotionally involved in the breakup though. Now, you might have members of your family, friends who are so involved in your breakup. They're your bestest, closest friends in the world, and they will sit on the sofa. They will cry with you. They'll take your phone calls at 3 a.m. We all need those friends to get us through these tough times. However, at times like this, sometimes emotions overrule, and the actions that you take on their advice can actually pour fuel on the flames and make situations a lot worse. And there were some pretty bad consequences from this action of cutting up his clothes. So actually, with hindsight, that advice wasn't the best advice. So on your breakup support team, find a friend, a family member who is not so emotionally involved in your breakup who can give you some constructive advice and have some perspective that's not going to get you into trouble, okay? So think carefully about who you're going to go to in the heat of the moment when you really need advice and ask them if you can put them on your list so that you can call them to dial down that anxiety as and when you need to. Now also, I suggest you put on an exercise buddy onto your list, Okay, now this is somebody that you can get out of the house with, go for a walk, go for a run if that's your thing, go to a yoga class, do something that gets you moving your body. Okay, it's not about getting fit at this stage. It is just about changing your physiology because that has a direct impact and will help boost your mood and your state. So why am I asking you to find a buddy? Why can't you do this on your own? Well, I'll tell you why. Because exercise or getting out of the house is something that will really help you. But in the moments when it will really help you, those are the moments where you want to sit back down, put the duvet over your head and eat crisps. Okay. So what we need is someone that you can make a commitment to, to show up that will knock on your door and say, come on, out you come, let's go. Or that you make a commitment to attend a class with so that you feel like you have to show up. So what we're doing is playing the game to win, okay? We're trying to set it up so that you're going to get the best outcome. Now, I know what it's like to be in that place where you really don't want to move. But when you do take action, when you do step up, I promise you, you will see a massive difference, even if it's just a brisk walk around the park. Now, one of my clients chose her neighbor who lived on her street. She was a dog walker. She had dogs. So every day she would go for a dog walk. So my client thought she would be the perfect person to go on her daily exercise with. So she called her and she said, yeah, great. I love the company. Come with me. Now, what my client didn't know was that this neighbor was, well, let's say a glass half empty kind of person. (laughs) So as they were walking with the dogs, whilst it was great to be outside, fresh air in her lungs, be moving, This neighbor was very negative. In fact, she would spend the whole time talking about negative things. She'd been through a divorce a few years ago. So she went through that. She was very angry still at her ex. And what my client felt was at the end of that walking session, she actually felt so much worse than she did before. So what's the moral of the story? Well, the moral of the story is 
surround yourself with people that make you feel good. Okay. Now that's not to say that you can't be there for people who need you or people that are having a tough time. But right now, this is all about you. My concern is to get you through this as fast as possible. So make sure you limit your contact with people that are going to zap you of energy. I call them energy vampires where, you know, the people you walk into a room and you spend some time with them and then you just feel terrible when you leave. You feel worse than when you showed up. Okay, so the neighbor is a lovely woman and they're still friends, but they don't do the daily walk at the moment because my client needs that space for herself. So actually, it's better to go on her own. She pops in her AirPods and she walks and she listens to podcasts, uplifting podcasts are helping her move forward. So actually feeding your brain with positive messages whilst you're walking is a great way to do it or find someone that's positive that can really hold you to that. Okay. Now, the final person, and you're going to say, Sarah, you would say this, (laughs) but I think it's always helpful to have someone you can talk to who is a professional in this area to get you through these times. If you need help, guys, ask for it because there are people out there like me, like your doctor, like counselors and therapists that can really give you specific, specialist advice to help you move through these really tough times. Okay, that's what we're there for. So ask for help if you need it. There's help to suit all budgets. There's free help, there's coaching, there's all sorts of different things available. So do your research, you know, maybe get a book from somebody or do something that's going to feed your brain with positive information. But I do think having someone on speed dial, having that support and help from an expert will also dial down your anxiety and just let you know, even if you never call any of these people, It will just let you know that there is someone there that can answer those questions, that can help you and support you through this really tough time. Okay, so that's your breakup support team done. Tick. Okay, so hopefully you've made some progress with that and you've made a mental note of who you're going to contact. Now, another top tip is to surround yourself with your favorite things. Now, what do I mean by favorite things? Well, I'm sure like if you're like me, you've got your favorite mug that you like to have your first cup of coffee in in the morning, right? So what I'm saying is use that. If you've got your favorite clothes that make you feel like, oh, cozy and snuggly, and that gives you comfort, like getting a virtual hug from your clothes, okay? Then I want you to choose to wear those, okay? I want you to set this game up to win so that you feel as good as you possibly can right now. If there's anything in your house that is upsetting you, that's triggering you, that's reminding you of things, then you know move it away. Maybe it's a photograph. Maybe it's um, uh, something that you were bought as a present. Just put it to one side right now. Just put it out of you. Replace it maybe with something that makes you feel happier. But just control your environment so you're not constantly being triggered by things that upset you. Now, if there's a lot of things around the home and or you're still in the marital home and you've got kids around and it's too difficult to do, then create a safe space for yourself where you can relax without those triggers. Even if it's just one room or you know, a corner where you can go and sit, look out the window and relax, but have a space that you can go to where you feel safe, where you feel comfortable and surround yourself with the favorite things that make you feel like life's okay and you're going to get through this. Because you are, okay? You are. So treat yourself. Be kind to yourself. Run a bath. Take time out to relax. If you need a glass of wine or you want to go outside to get some fresh air, be kind to yourself. Because these small steps 
will help you keep your head above water during these initial stages of your breakup. I know it's challenging at times, and at times you'll want to just wallow and feel sorry for yourself, and that's normal and it's okay. The important thing is to be kind to yourself and to know that by putting one foot in front of the other, by using some of these techniques and tools I've given you in this emergency toolkit to cope with your breakup, that you will start to feel better. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and you will get there. Now, I hope you join me in upcoming episodes to find out more tools or how you can flip around your breakup to make it an empowering experience for you, actually makes you stronger, but also helps you to go on and create a future that you're really excited about. It may seem a little way off right now, but I promise you, if you stick with the podcast and come through these different episodes with me, you will find that you start to feel better. I'm Sarah Davison, your host, and that's it for today's episode. I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review in iTunes will win the chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day, including exclusive one-on-one coaching with Sarah Davison herself. Be sure to head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Sarah's gift. Then join us on the next episode.